We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN Update. I'm BJ Kissel, and this is your daily dose of Chiefs news and updates from us here at KC Sports Network. We've been rocking and rolling with this video series, and it's also a podcast series, uh, since training camp. And I'm excited because it's Friday, and that means we are going to be joined by Pro Football Focus's Trevor Sikama, who is not only going to give us his key matchups to watch in the Chiefs and Raiders game coming up on Monday night in that AFC West showdown, uh, in prime time for the entire world to watch. But uh, the fact that Trevor is a Buccaneers fan and he had covered the Buccaneers for a long time before he got hired at PFF, uh, we're going to talk about that game and what his uh, you know, experience was watching Patrick Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes does, uh, along with the Chiefs defense and the rest of the offense. They had everything rocking and rolling. Excited to talk to Trevor about that. And also, obviously get his thoughts on the Chiefs' upcoming matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. But before we bring on Trevor, a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Now, when you look at this Chiefs game against the Raiders on Monday night, if you're looking at the lines, if you're the betting type, Chiefs are seven point favorites. Actually started at seven and a half. It is down to seven points. So it looks like some people are picking the Raiders probably because it's an AFC West showdown and those things tend to be closer than you'd expect unless you're looking at the game last year that was 48 to nine. But Seven-point favorites the Chiefs are in this one with an over-under of 51 points. If you like same-game parlays and you want to take the Chiefs and the over, um, it's probably what I would do, but uh, I'm not the, the best person to get betting advice from, but it is interesting. The Chiefs play anything like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. you got to like that bet if you do make that one. If you are a Chiefs fan, if you do, make sure to go to DraftKings. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and now we bring on Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. Trevor, before we talk, I know we always talk matchups and, and key things to look for the game before. I, we can't not talk a little bit about that game last Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Uh, being someone yeah. who's a Bucks fan and covered the Bucks for a long time, just what was your reaction to watching uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do what they did? It was an old school throwback ass whooping. That's what it was by the Kansas City Chiefs. It was about as uh, perfect of revenge as you could want, right? Playing the Buccaneers, a team that beat them for a Super Bowl in the stadium that they beat them for a Super Bowl. And, and you know, you were, you and I were chit chatting a little bit before the show. Coming off that Colts game, too. I mean, this yeah. Chiefs team couldn't have been more pissed off, more motivated to win that football game. And it showed up, man. Those are things that absolutely matter that kind of mindset, that mentality. And, Tampa's in a weird spot, right? They've been dealing with so many injuries. The story of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so far in this season, and even going back to training camp, has been injuries. Can this team get healthy enough to really compete the way that they were predicted to as a potential Super Bowl team from the NFC again this year? And they're just not there. And we saw that this past weekend. The Chiefs are a team that we've seen through the first four weeks, now going into week five. They have that caliber. They can stand up with anybody. They can score with anybody. Patrick Mahomes is, of course, still Patrick Mahomes. And the way that they're playing now um, is great to see. Even in that Colts game, it was just like a couple of things here and there that could have bounced the other way. This team could absolutely be undefeated at this point. So the Chiefs are there in their identity. The Buccaneers are not. And it's some of those core areas where they're really struggling. Up front, those injuries along the offensive line. They're tough to deal with right now. The receivers being as beat up as they are, you know how much mm-hmm. rhythm and timing and practice and everything goes into a success, successful passing game. So that's, I mean, I mean, that has not been there because of the injuries. And then, man, on the defensive side of things, yeah, Tampa came out of the gate hot, but I mean, Vita Vea in the middle is not the guy that he was last year. Defensive line's not playing the well as well as they should. They've got some good guys in the secondary, but yeah. defense is a unit where everything's got to come together. And certainly last week, yeah. The Chiefs did a really great job of making sure that they were not together and that they were not cohesive and they were frustrated instead. So a hat tip to two of the greatest in the game, the combination of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They absolutely took it to Tampa, but who knows? Maybe we'll see this matchup again in February. Yeah, nobody's going to doubt the talents on that side, but you talked about the banged up. If your interior offensive line, if your center is not ready to go uh, against Chris Jones, the way that he's playing right now and the perfect storm that we talked about coming off the Colts game, even individually uh, for a player like Chris Jones, that was in the headlines for the penalty that he had. uh, It was again, the perfect storm of things coming against them. But last question I want to ask, and then we'll move on. I'll stop putting you through this. Uh, (laughs) What is your reaction when you see the Patrick Mahomes, he scrambles outside the pocket, spins away. I know most people in the NFL, like everyone who covers the NFL sees all the highlights at minimum, if not watching the full games, but you know, Chiefs fans, We've seen this at training camp, throwing behind the bat, all these crazy things that he does. We've talked before about how he's graded and all that kind of stuff. But just what's your reaction when you see a player and a quarterback, and I don't say reinvent the position, but does things that maybe it's just recency bias after watching the mess last night between the Colts and the Broncos to then think about the things that Patrick Mahomes does on the field. He's not the only one, to be fair. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL doing a lot of crazy things right now, but 
for Mahomes, we keep seeing this consistently. What's your reaction when you see a quarterback do the kind of things that he does, specifically on that play uh, on Sunday night? Yeah, you watch that Thursday night football game, and then you think about Mahomes, you go, are they playing the same sport, actually? Like, are (laughs) they, you know, are they abiding by the same rules? Tom Brady's right when he was like, there's a lot of bad football being played. And then literally, like, two days later, (laughs) yeah, a lot uh, of bad football. People calling it the worst game in NFL history. No, look, I I mean, you, you said that there are other guys in the league that are doing things like that. But the thing is that not to take away from any of those other guys, because there are players in the NFL who are playing the position at an extremely high level. But when you talk about MVP, when you talk about that word value, when you talk about everything that you bring to the table for your team, to me, I said this week on our shows at PFF, Patrick Mahomes is my MVP right now. He has to be. And the reason why is because when you look at the question marks that they had coming into the year, it wasn't necessarily, you know, how do you replace Tyreek Hill as a, as a target getter, as a pass catcher, you can distribute the ball plenty of different ways. You can lean on Travis Kelsey a little bit more. You can go to some of the other weapons that they've brought throughout the offseason and the guys that they have had there, drafted, signed, whatever it is. You can find different spots to distribute that ball. The question was, does the creativity that we have seen offensively with the Chiefs has been so dominant over the last couple of years, does that still get to exist when you do not have a unique athletic player like Tyreek Hill? The answer is yes. And the answer is because of what Patrick Mahomes has between the ears. The creativity that goes on in his brain to attempt, let alone complete things that other quarterbacks wouldn't even think about, wouldn't even let come in their mind, is what makes this guy so different. He is physically gifted, but he is also, and I feel like we don't do not talk about this enough, so mentally gifted in the game. And I think that you saw that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You see that on that flip touchdown the quarterback position is, is so much of what, BJ. It's it's remembering what you're supposed to do. The timing of reads, the footwork, the throwing motion. Okay, uh, the, the, the thumb going into the, to the, the, the pocket. Like, there's just so many little things that you're trying to think about to be exactly what you need to be. A lot of quarterbacks, even at the pro level, even for as talented as they are, they aren't allowed to think as freely as they could. The gift of Patrick Mahomes is that not only is he so physically talented, he is so mentally talented in that he is free. He he simply thinks about how do I get this, this oddly shaped ball in the hands of my receivers exactly where it needs to go to most benefit my team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that yeah. looks unorthodox as hell, but you know what? The six points is the six points. And I think that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid understand that better than any head coach quarterback combination that we have in this league. And the results are them putting a uh, pretty good ass whooping on a good defense in Tampa Bay like they did this past week. Dude, that's a, a great way of putting it. I will, before we put, I tell this quick story and I've told this before, but I always go back to, he was mic'd up a couple years ago. I think it was 2018, his year that he went off 5,050 touchdowns. He was mic'd up against Denver uh, in a snow game. And they were between the 40s. It was the shot area of the field. And they took a shot down the field. He threw it. And as he was running down, and they they put the clip out, which kind of surprised me um, based on how just they don't like that kind of stuff getting out there. But I think it was so uh, complimentary of Mahomes' mental acuity, the things that we're talking about, where he was running down the field after he threw the ball and he was talking to one of his linemen. And he said something to the effect, and I might get this wrong, but it's something to the effect of, that was cover zero. They haven't done that since week two against so-and-so at so-and-so. Like he knew in the moment as he threw, this was like middle of the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He knew as he threw the ball, like 
immediately the last time that defense showed that look in that kind of way. And that kind of recall goes back to the things, the, the legends now that we're, we've heard about, you know, draft prep of Andy Reed gets the guys on the board. And I've heard this from several of the, the personnel guys that they love when Andy Reed would get on the boards with uh, quarterbacks because he would sit back and listen. He'd ask a few questions, but he'd always ask one very pointed question that would demonstrate to him whether the guy knew how to think analytic like think like an artist about football or is just thinking like check boxes and move on mm. and i guess mahomes had blown him away and they just went back and forth on the board for a while and like he was there a while and it showed him like this guy isn't just the physical traits like there is a an artistry to the way that he sees the game and then when you combine it like you said with the physical ability the baseball background all those things of throwing from crazy angles and just the creativity to get the ball out in certain situations combined with Bobby Stroop, his trainer to train, to be powerful in unpowerful positions is the way that they've talked about it. It's just a beautiful combination that um, has led us to seeing something that we've never seen in NFL history that he's pacing to break every record um, there is for a quarterback. So uh, don't need to turn this into a Patrick Mahomes love affair. We do that plenty enough with chiefs content anyway. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming game between the chiefs and the Raiders Raiders coming to this one. They had, Started 0-3, and then we were able to beat the Broncos, which, based on the Thursday night game, we'll save that for another time, uh, what, what that game was. But um, when you think about you know this Monday night game between the Chiefs and Raiders, obviously at Arrowhead Stadium, big AFC West showdown, Raiders, this game means everything uh, to them. But when you think about it from your perspective, what stands out to you? What are you most intrigued to watch when these two teams step on the field at Arrowhead? Yeah, there's a handful of, of key matchups that I'm looking for, and I, I will say the first one, and I wouldn't say this is the most important one, but this is the one that stood out to me right away when I was kind of making this list. Can the Chiefs keep up the success on the ground? Last week, season high, 189 rushing yards. You're going up against a Raiders rush defense that it isn't terrible. Sixth in the NFL right now in EPA per play, so they're decent at defending the run. Chiefs had the fourth highest run block grade according to PFF last week. And man, we saw them bulldoze some pretty damn good defensive linemen in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we know that they have their confidence there, right? That was a, yeah, I think people would say even better run defense that Tampa had, and they weren't afraid to go at them and, and get all those yards on the ground. I think that's, what's going to be important because you, know, you can sit here and be like, okay, why, why are you talking about the run game? And you're not talking about the passing game. Passing game means more duh. Well, I, I think that that's already going to happen for the Kansas City Chiefs. We just got done with our mini Patrick Mahomes love fest. And so I think that that's going to continue. I really do, especially against a, a Raiders secondary that has really been boom or bust. There have been times when they've gotten interceptions and turnovers and pick sixes and you go, damn, okay, like maybe this defense is pretty good. But I think the in-between, they're giving up a decent amount of yards to teams. So I think the, the passing game for the Chiefs is going to be able to do what they want to do, do enough. Is that running game still going to be solid to where you can salt away the game? And I'll say this too. Running the ball on your opponent is fun for as much as people <laughs> yeah. want to be like, Hey, like, why are you running the ball? Like, you know, passing the ball means when you as a team can run block your ass off and that guy behind you can make guys miss and you could just almost march down the field on the ground. You don't even have to throw the ball. There is something fun about that. There is something inspiring about that. And I think a lot of football players, We've seen whether it's mic'd up segments or post-game interviews or whatever. Shoot, I don't know if you saw Arthur Smith last week uh, before the as the Falcons were rushing yeah. for 200 yards. And Arthur Smith's going down the sideline. He's like, we're about to run it down their throat. We're about to <laughs> dominate them on the ground. And you know what? Guys get pumped up about that. 
it goes back yep. to the offensive line saying where they're like, hey, there's nothing better than moving a man from point A to point B against his will, right? That's what run blocking is, firing off the ball, getting these guys to move. So I think that that's a key point for the Chiefs because I think the passing game is going to be there enough for them to get a lead, be comfortable. But then what can you do when you get to that ideal situation of being a little bit ahead on the scoreboard? Sometimes it's not always about pressing that gas pedal as far as you can to the metal. I know people who play Madden all the time like to say, just run it up, just run it up, just keep passing the ball. Sometimes you do that, sometimes you don't. I still think that even for an offense that has a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, being able to salt games away, control the clock, keep the ball in your possession, that all matters a lot. And so specifically coming off a game in which they have rushed the ball very well, can they continue to do that? Can they let that run game be an effective complement to what they do in the passing game i'd like to see it yeah we talked to uh, nate taylor from the athletic covers the chiefs uh, here locally on tuesday and he said that you know he travels and he goes covers the team and he was down there in tampa and he said after the game andrew wiley uh you know, the chief's right tackle was like welcoming like the media to come over he's like come over and talk to us uh some of it had to do with what you know shaq barrett had talked about but oh um, yeah you know some of it also was what you were talking about that offensive lineman after the fact aren't getting super excited to talk about all their pass blocking. You know, he's not coming over here like, hey, look how well we did to keep Patrick Mahomes clean. It was like, no, come talk to us. We just ran for 189 yards against that defense. Like, we want to talk about that. So, uh, yeah, guys get a little bit more fired up, talk about the running game. And uh, we've got a few offensive linemen that help us out at KCSN. And uh, they'll never tell you they get really fired up about pass blocking. <laughs> they want to get after it in the running game. And uh, going up against the Raiders, um, it's definitely a team that the offensive line is going to want to, you know, insert the will against because they've got a pretty good edge rusher that I'm assuming when talking about key matchups in this game, at some point, 98 was going to come up in this conversation because uh, he's going up against his college buddy. You know, he and Andrew Wiley and Max Crosby uh, went to college together. They were buddies. I remember talking with Max um, at the combine about Wiley because uh, he's a couple years younger, a year younger. Uh, but that's going to obviously be one to watch. And one of the, I don't know how you feel, uh, not to lead you into it, but I feel still one of the more underrated players that isn't discussed enough when talking about some of the top edge rushers uh, in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Max Crosby, I believe it was led the NFL in pressures last year. If not, he was right behind Aaron, Aaron Donald. I can't remember which was which, but either way, he was number one for edge rushers. And I mean, he's having another phenomenal year this year. And I don't think he's getting nearly the praise that he was last year. Maybe we got bored about it. Maybe we're just like, oh, yeah, Max Crosby's winning, but the Raiders, the Raiders. Stay, so we're not going to talk about it but i i mean he is having a phenomenal season uh, there's no doubt about it that this guy can be a takeover kind of a player you know especially when he's able to pin his ears back on third down and that's again i, I think that that is one of my key points uh, along with you know not letting basically not letting turnovers really ruin the game for you i was kind of kind of tie all this in because when you look on the other side of things and i'm saying a lot of stuff now but Derek Carr tied for the league lead in turnover-worthy plays that we have over at Pro Football Focus. So hmm. this is, of course, any throws that could be counted as potential turnovers, whether the cornerback dropped the interception, whether he should have had it, whether it was just mm -hmm. an ill-advised throw into coverage, um, whatever it was. He leads the league. He's tied for the league lead in turnover-worthy plays. Now, five of those nine came in the first week against the Chargers, which was absolutely abysmal. He was just giving the ball away. That wasn't good. But there's also two games that Derek Carr has played this year in which he has had zero big-time throws, as you would expect. that Those were the games which also he had his least amount of turnover-worthy plays. And the other game that he played where he had more big-time throws, he had, guess what, more turnover-worthy mm. plays. So 
Hmm. You're kind of going to get Derek Carr into this spot, and this just seems to be his identity, where if you make him throw the football, he's going to put it in harm's way. As the Chiefs, the key Hmm. matchup here is don't answer that, right? Take the turnover, take the plus in the turnover column and turn it into a win. A big thing to that is making sure that you're containing Max Crosby on the edge. Don't let his pressures turn into strip sacks, turn into maybe ill-advised throws, even though Mahomes is unbelievable in pressure. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of just a – it's a lot of points to basically say don't lose the turnover battle because it feels like if you just play your game and you let Derek Carr play his game, identity tells you more often than not he's going to chuck a couple of footballs your way that you might be able to get some turnovers. If you just play – Turnover free football, not to sound too much like a coach. I think the I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be able to win this game. So whether it's pressure up front, whether it's blocking Max Crosby, which is a huge matchup, or even, you know, like a guy like Chandler Jones kind of catching fire, which we haven't seen yet this season. They've got some guys along that defensive line and along the uh along the front seven in general that can make life tough. So don't give the football away because you figure Derek Carr is probably going to give it away in this game because that's what history has told us. Yeah, when looking at the Raiders defense, I wanted to ask you specifically about Chandler Jones because there was a lot that was made uh, about him joining. I mean, don't get let's not get it twisted. He's one of the best pass rushers in NFL history. Quietly, one of the best pass rushers in NFL history. That again, right. another player that isn't talked about a whole lot uh, in those in that regard. But you know, when he was signed there, him and Max Crosby were going to be this du- this duo that you know they were talking about compared to like you know Randy Gregory and Nick Chubb and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, that now the Raiders had a couple of dudes. Haven't really seen that impact. When you look at the Raiders' defense, and maybe I'm just biased because I don't like the Raiders at all, uh, growing up a Chiefs fan, but when you look at them, there's really nobody on that defense outside of Crosby right now that scares you. If Is there somebody else that we should, as a collective fan base, just kind of have our eye on being like, hey, that guy, if you give him the right opportunity, he and I, granted, I understand these are all professional athletes, but is there anybody else in the defense that could really scare you to change a game in the Raiders' favor that maybe isn't getting enough respect uh, from Chiefs fans or from me in this question right now? Well, I, I said at the beginning that, that the secondary has been a little bit boomer bust. I mean, Amik Robertson, their outside corner, I mean, he's not going to be afraid of anybody. I, I think that we've seen him play with a ton of confidence over the last couple of weeks. He's gotten some turnovers because of it. Nate Hobbs, I think, a really good slot corner. Uh, I think that he is somebody who can neutralize a lot of the better slot matchups in the NFL now. Is Nate Hobbs going to be able to go up against Travis Kelsey when he's in the slot? No, probably not. And so that that might um, that might be a tough, difficult matchup for them there. But you got to think about this too. They get to go up against Darren Waller in practice every day too when they put him in the slot. So it, it's not like they're inexperienced or like haven't seen a good slot, a unique mismatch kind of a weapon there. So I would say those two secondary guys. When I'm thinking about the Raiders outside of their defensive line, I like how Denzel Perryman has been playing well as their linebacker there. He feels like he's been all over the field playing with his hair on fire like it feels like he always does. But those corners, th- those guys, I think, could make the difference for them in the fact that Hobbs and Robertson play very confident. And if you try to get too cute or if you throw an ill-advised pass, I, those guys can make you pay. They really can. So that's again, goes into the don't do anything more risky than you need to. I think that the Chiefs, not that they can just show up and win this game, but the script should allow for them to win the game. And if you're not giving it to those guys uh, in the turnover section, then I think uh, I think you'll be doing okay. I When you bring up Denzel Perryman, all I can ever think of is the interview that I did with him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, it was the year that it was on like the ship. 
where like they did all the media oh, yeah. on that like ship or whatever. And I remember it was like Tyler Lockett's year. And I remember being in like the corner of that deal. And I remember interviewing him. And I was like, what do you like about playing football? And a very, and he's one of two Mike linebackers or middle linebackers that have ever given me this answer. Uh, Joe Mays for the Chiefs being the other one uh, where he just said, I get to hurt people. And I don't get in trouble for it. I was like, oh my God. All right. Like I I was not prepared for a follow-up for that answer, but uh it's just like oh bro okay. Perryman. I like I like what you're about uh in a middle linebacker. Like I can I can I can get behind this. Perryman is a throwback linebacker through and through, man. I mean, he is just all power <laughs> and he I mean, he puts a hurting on guys. He's a fun yeah. linebacker to watch, man. I know he's not the best linebacker in coverage, but like, if if you like that throwback, will you know, get you right under the chin strap, kind of a guy with hits straight to the chest and the shoulder, and the big hits are across the middle, man. That's uh, that's your guy. That's definitely your guy. All right, want to ask you about the line because we're talking about what the Chiefs need to do. Are you surprised? At least on DraftKings, the line was seven points. The Chiefs were favored by. Obviously, the game's at home with an over under of fifty one points. When you look, hear those two numbers without really diving in, because I didn't, I obviously just sprung it on you. What's your initial reaction when you hear those two numbers? Yeah, I mean, seven right off the bat, it's it seems like a lot, but then the more you sit down and you think about it, you go, ah, the Chiefs should beat this Raiders team. For as much as I think the Raiders came out of the gate slower than we thought that they were going to, and I think the potential of this team is better than what we have seen lately, seven points is a lot in this league. You know, when you're playing yeah. professionals against professionals and divisional opponents too, so... It's a lot of points, but I think it clearly it, it clearly goes to the notion of how well the Chiefs are playing, even though they are not undefeated, even though they have that Colts loss, how much Vegas respects the direction that the Chiefs are going. 51, I mean, it, right, I, I just talked about how Derek Carr's nature is to be a big-time thrower, and I think they'll probably have plenty of opportunities to do that in this game because I think you're going to be down for most of the contest. But another point that I had that I was just thinking about is – what the Chiefs end up doing with Darren Waller. If I had another point, it was, can the Chiefs keep Darren Waller at bay for another week? Because a lot of people have been like, oh, well, you know, what's up with Darren Waller this year? You know, Devontae Adams comes and he's not getting it nearly as much work. He's got career lows, I think, in, I have it here, contested catch percentage, threat rate, which is wide receiver usage, a career low in quarterback rating when targeted. Like, hmm. it, 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 it's all career lows right now for Darren Waller. But I went back and I watched every single target that he's had so far this year. It's still Darren Waller. Like he, hmm. he's still good. Like I, the the breakout performance and him getting in groove with Derek Carr again. That is coming at some point yeah. this season. Keep it a week away. You know, make sure it's not this <laughs> yeah. week. That is something that you want to focus on. Devontae Adams, man, he went up against one of the best corners in the NFL last week in Patrick Tan, and Patrick Tan did a great job shutting him down in a lot of ways. Devontae still had over 100 yards, right? Like, they they still moved him around. They got him matched up against different corners, and he still got his. It's just a matter of, can you make this Raiders offense one-dimensional in that they can only go to Devontae Adams? Because once you start going, okay, well, now Adams hitting, now Waller's hitting, now maybe Josh Jacobs goes off of, uh, goes off of a great game that he had last week. Now you get into a little bit of trouble. You've got to continue to somehow – make that Raiders offense as one-dimensional as it looked uh, so far this season. And I think that starts with really making sure that you keep Darren Waller at bay for another week. Because I'm telling you, the breakout's coming. 
Darren, Darren yeah. Waller is going to have a game where he absolutely goes off this year, and it's going to be a catalyst for him getting back in the groove of this offense. But it has not happened yet. Can you can you hold that off for another week and you could play him well? But uh, yeah, all, all that to say, like the line, I could see in theory why it would be 51 points. I'd still be going under, just barely under though. This could be a fun one. Yeah. The, the other part of this that, you know, we talked about yesterday um, or two days ago on KCSN Update, uh, I was talking with uh, Ryan Tracy covers the chiefs as well is, you know, if there's going to be a game that Josh McDaniels, you know, it's earlier in the season that they have unscouted looks, things that, the, that they haven't put on tape yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be a game that they would unleash some of that stuff. And to yes. your point, if they're trying to get Darren Waller going, this could be a game where, and, and Steve Spagnuolo, like those guys know this too, uh, that if they were going to hold back anything and not show a lot, Andy Reid does this all the time where he doesn't want to show every you know iteration of every screen that they have. Right. Um, and, you know, I had one former Chiefs player tell me they had like 17 iterations of one screenplay. So they can run it 17 different ways. And a lot of it's window dressing, the way that they kind of make it look. Uh, it's still, you know, like, it's still outside zone, but they do all the fancy stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if there's going to be some times that Josh McDaniels has uh, some looks or some, you know, formations, plays, combos, you know, whatever it is that they haven't run yet, this is going to be a game to do it. And you so if you see one, some sort yeah. of, you see some sort of weird broken coverage where somebody's running free down the field. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and just prognosticate that that is a unscouted look uh, that they were saving for this game. But uh, you still have to have the guys up front. You know, we could talk Devontae Adams, all that. If if the Chiefs are getting – if Chris Jones is playing the way that he was, mm-hmm. uh, the way that he has been, if George Karloftis continues to play well uh, going up against, you know, some younger tackles, some guys that you should ha- be able to have some success against um, – it could be a game for him as well. But Trevor, before we let you go, did you have any other points or anything else standing out about this game? I know I kind of cut you off on your last one there, but no. uh, what else you got going on for this one? I mean, outside of kind of what, what you just ended there, I mean, that's a good way to end it. You know, some people might listen to this and be like, how did you not mention the Chiefs defensive line versus the Raiders offensive line? Well, I try to go a little bit more outside the box with my points this week, but that, that's huge as well, right? How the Chiefs defensive line goes up against the Raiders offensive line that uh, is in the back half of the league of most pass blocking and run blocking metrics. So it's it's definitely a matchup that should be juicy for the Chiefs defensive line, and, and that definitely goes into it too. But all that to say, if you take care of the football, I really think that that's the most important thing. Raiders typically give the football away. As long as you take care of it, I think the Chiefs are going to get the win this week. Love to hear it. And we hit the trifecta of game previews. Talk about protecting your quarterback, getting after the other quarterback, and protecting the ball. So that is the the formula for a game preview no, love this pod. podcast, and we got there. Uh, everybody does it, but uh, I like that you sprinkle some new stuff in there as well with some stats that people haven't heard before. So Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus, man. Always appreciate chatting with you and uh, everybody out there. Appreciate you for listening, spending part of your day with us here on KCS and Update uh, with KC Sports Network. We know there's a lot of great places to get your Chiefs content. We appreciate being one of those stops. Please don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or if you are listening to the podcast audio, go ahead and follow and subscribe there as well. And if you have a little time and you're feeling generous, give us that five-star review. Leave us a little nugget. Let's other people know that uh, this is a good place to come get their Chiefs news. So appreciate everybody. We'll have more content as we get ready for that Monday night showdown between the Chiefs and the Raiders at Arrowhead Stadium. And until then, we'll see you next This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.